Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to yet another episode of Father Knows Something. And uh, today our our wonderful readers are uh, Justin and Holly may decide to come in and read. Right now she's on <laughs> she's on sabbatical, even though she's sitting here. <laughs> um, so let's dig right on in. Okay, just like that, huh? Just like that. Oh, socks. These socks, I have to tell you, I love them because they're so cool, and I love what they say because I have a meeting tomorrow night, and it's going to be one of those bullshit meetings. And (laughs) (laughs) Gabrielle sent us uh, these wonderful socks, and it says, just another bullshit meeting. And but you can't see it because it's in back, and if I you know try to bend my uh, leg into a yoga move, uh, my hip will break. So I guess we're not going to do that. (laughs) So, So let's rock on. Oh wow! Okay. The theme of the morning is scapegoats, black sheep, general feeling left out. So are we talking about like the black sheep of the family, the scapegoats, or somebody can't take responsibility for what they're going to... We see a lot of this in in politics, don't we? We got a lot of it coming in these. And we got a lot of stuff going on in our world, so let's, let's roll on. Okay. I, 25 female, have been dealing with a lot of jealousy when it comes to my friends starting to have children. I'm currently getting a diagnosis for severe endometriosis, which my doctor said will most likely leave me infertile and unable to have kids of my own. I only recently within the past one to two years have started to want kids. Before this time, I, all caps, never wanted children of my own. A lot of my friends felt the same. We were always the single ladies. One specific thing that bonded us was burlesque, a more theatrical and socially acceptable form of stripping is the best way I can describe it. I cannot perform right now due to my diagnosis and surgeries, but my friends have all stopped for various other reasons. They got lazy, didn't have the time, and most recently, they are all having babies. Some of them are even adopting. And I'm so beyond jealous and angry. I'm angry and I see them posting about their perfect little babies and how happy they are to be pregnant. I'm angry because my immature friend who would skip rehearsals to give out handies on the freeway is now just getting to act like she's responsible and ready for a kid. I can recognize the internalized misogyny. One's sexual prowess has nothing to do with their level of responsibility. As a fellow burlesque worker, I should know this very well but I can't stop feeling this way. That there are these friends I've seen countless times take on new hobbies and after a year toss them aside. That they want to be part of these fads and experiences and then when they are done, they just move on to the next thing. I'm terrified that motherhood is just another fad to them. I'm so jealous that this is something they can have when I see them just doing it to post pictures on social media and mommy blog and get to act so happy when there is a high chance I will never get to experience this. Maybe this jealousy is just a form of karmic punishment for me since I spent so much of life never wanting kids. And now that I do, and I most likely can't, it's all I can think about. This jealousy is ruining my friendships. I find it hard to pretend to be happy for them and not worry about their children being treated like a fad, like our burlesque work was. My ideal outcome is that I can find a way to come to terms with this jealousy and not worry that my friends are going to abuse or ignore their kids. I'm terrified for these children being ignored and unwanted after a few years when they are no longer fun or cute. 
Or maybe my jealousy is right and I should tell them my concerns. Please help. I don't know what to do with these awful emotions. Boy, this is a great one. I'm going to give you really good fatherly advice. Your friends will tell you, quit being a narcissist, quit being this, quit being that. I'm not going to beat you up. That's, that's not what we're here. A father is the person, and you want to be a mother, so you should digest this really, really well. It is a full-time job from the moment you find out that you are going to have a child in your life, and you accept that with all the the good things and the bad things that come with it. Last night, my 25-year-old son had a problem, called me up, and I didn't rest easy until I knew he was safe. And that just happens, sometimes even with Morgan or whatever. You need to get a grip to realize that it's not about your insecurity. If you have insecurity with all these people, seek some assistance, some counseling to try to work out where your insecurities are really coming from. Because you could very easily, with you and your husband qualifying, showing that you guys are are dialed in, that you can get a child. The answer is once that child is in your hands and you are supplying and nurturing all the lessons in life that come with getting through it, because some of these lessons you and I are going to know, you're going to work through them together. And let me tell you, Morgan teaches her 65-year-old dad every day. <laughs> I mean, I had great lessons going, you know, going her way, but now she's repaying them coming my way because she understands youth today much better than I do and, and certain cultural protocols that are, are, are I haven't gotten yet. It doesn't mean I'm not a good guy or I don't have good values. It's some of the things that just are what's acceptable today in the way you articulate them and the way that you don't. So you're going to have to find the way to not hold your friends responsible for the fact that you have a deficit in your life or something that's not there that you want. You can achieve it and always give your friends support. Always show that you are, are, are really their friend and not, um, you know, someone that's an envy of them or because I think envy is really comes from negativity. I don't think it comes from positivity. Mm -hmm. You always must be a, a, a positive influence of everyone in your life, especially kids. If you want to, if you want a child in your life, you better sh start depicting positivity because you got to raise that child. And if you can't do that, then maybe you should think twice or go get assistance until you can really get that. Yeah. And I mean, as much as she's worried about all of the her friends having kids and it's saying negativity. that it's just a fad and that they're just like doing it because it's like in mm -hmm. is that not kind of the same feeling you're getting from her she's got she has all negativity everything does and so it's like <laughs> sorry Holly. she she needs to really consider that on her own regardless of her friends because she should have the same concern she's having for a friend she should have for herself. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the whole time you're reading this, especially in there's some additional info. Um, it's not just burlesque that they have treated like a fad, be it pottery, cosplay, marriage, school, multiple jobs, anything. They will stick with it for a few months to a year and drop it like they never partook in it. Right, but that's and that's like, that's the experience of life. Like that's what we all do to early on to figure out what you love and want to do and what you like in life. Exactly. But also as you get older, because what else are you going to do? Stick in the same shit forever? You'd be bored out of your mind. And, and, and the more important thing is, is that she's just looking for something to be negative about. And again, she's, she's, she's living in that negative, the dark, we'll call it the dark side. Yeah. She's living in the dark side. For sure. You know, truly, uh, Find out why you are living in the dark side. You know, find out why that where this negativity is really coming from within what happened in your life that you can't bridge it. And getting you know mental assistance or psychological assistance isn't bad. It will really help you with everything in your life. And uh, and and I also believe that people that live in this negativity and causes more stress on their body and causes other issues in health. Yeah. Later on, very much so. So it'll take years off your life. Try some of this stuff. Find a way to get out of the way of yourself mm -hmm. and not worry about anybody else and what they're doing. They're not your issue. You are your issue. Right.
a very positive thing in here though is the fact that she is making the realization this jealousy is ruining my friendships so she's she's pinpointed kind of the problem mm -hmm. and she sees its effects a lot of people will just be like oh i'm losing my friendships and i don't know why but she at least is pinpointing it she which did. will be a i mean she's already miles ahead when then she does go for help mm -hmm. because she is realizing the problem right which is key now the important thing for you to do is it, once and you're right she absolutely recognizes it and she's trying to figure it out you may go for help and you may find out that the person that you know the mind is really 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 brilliant and it can find ways to uh avoid that confrontation, mm -hmm. even though consciously you want to get help, subconscious, the, you know, the, the, the guy on the shoulder says, yeah, that guy's bad. Stay yep. away from him. Yep. Don't let him help you. I got, I got you on this one. So right. the answer really is you're going to have to really recognize if this person is really offering you the help or he is, he's not getting, or she is not getting uh, ahead of the game with you or your subconscious. And you may have to make a change here or there to find that right person and, and really truly help you. Yeah. Because that's what you're really seeking. And the only way you, the only way you're going to get that help is to help yourself to get there. So I'm glad you're taking this notice on yourself and really, I'm hope you'll, you'll go there. Yeah. And, and I, it. the, the other tricky part of this is they're always willing to try anything and everything, but I see them trying to play mommy and it makes me so angry and I know it shouldn't. And because she says, I know it shouldn't, it, I mean, that is true. I think it's, it's hard because at some level, if you see someone that's really unfit, that can't, you know, that you know, it's not going to work out. I don't know where the balance falls as to where you approach someone and say, Hey, this probably isn't a good idea for you. But is that perspective coming from your lens of jealousy? Or is that perspective coming from your lens as a good friend that knows this person really well and says, hey, have you thought about all the details and like what it's like to raise a kid? So that's where I just think it's also interesting, which therapy might help you figure out if that perspective is right. And then you can actually know if you're going to say, hey, you know, I don't know if this is the best idea for you. Have you thought through everything? I think that's brilliant. I really do uh, say follow your, your your gut feeling that's telling you to get this assistance, go for it. And I really want you not to focus on correcting everybody else, worrying about everybody else. Keep your, keep your nose in, in front of you right now and get yourself dialed in so you can have the life and all the experiences that I've got to enjoy with my kids. Because I really do love them and they are part of me every, every bit of the way. So join me on that one. Yeah. Okay. What do we got next? Number two. All right. This is a long one. So bear with me. Okay. It's too early for this long of one. The family I was adopted by took my picture off the wall when I came to them with a concern that I had brought up many times before. I was adopted by my family at the age of 19. I asked them to adopt me after talking about it for a few years because I had lived with them for a while. They are very religious, which is fine. So am I to an extent, but they hold a pretty tight leash on their kids when it comes to what they can do, say, wear, watch, etc. I was raised in such a different household, drugs, cops, parents in jail, but they had said from the very beginning, I was no different than their biological kids, that they think of me as the same and would always treat me the same. I recently got married to a man they didn't approve of didn't fit into their mold they expect the kids to fit in, but they worked on accepting him and us as a couple. We went on a trip to Hawaii and every time we hung out with them, it was so tense. We were walking on eggshells. I felt this many times before getting married, but now that my husband is in the picture, we always have that feeling around them. So on the trip, we kind of broke off and did our own thing a lot. We did have a separate hotel than them because they didn't want to pay for us, which is fine. Well, we came back from the trip. My husband and I had a big move coming. We didn't know where we were going to stay. They never offered help finding a place or housing us. I didn't expect them to house us, but a little support would have been nice because my husband's family was providing so much support from the States away, whereas my family's 20 minutes away. 
Once we found a place to stay, we found out we couldn't keep all our items at the new place. So we needed somewhere to keep a lot of our belongings. Again, no word of support or help, even after I expressed the stress of not knowing what to do. After the move and everything, with no help from them, I reached out to them and expressed that I felt like I wasn't being supported, especially now that I was married. I also expressed that every time I am around them, I feel like I am walking on eggshells and they are in a bad mood. My dad didn't say anything and didn't text me for days, and no peep from my mother. A couple days later, my dad responds and gaslights me by saying, nope, no eggshells here. Obviously, he said more, but a lot of it was saying that, we love you just as much as the other kids, and you're just detaching yourself from us. I tried to explain that now I am married and can no longer have my family, them, be the focus of my life. I now have two sides of in-laws. My husband's parents are divorced. My biological family, also divorced parents, them, friends, and also my main focus, my husband. After some back and forth, he just stopped responding. At this time, there's still no word from my mom. Since then, it's been three weeks. I've not heard anything from him. My mom has texted a couple times, one of them being, I have your phone bill. Do you want to send your new address so we can get it to you? I could handle all of this until my little sister texted me. She said that my dad took the photo of me asking them to adopt me off the wall and replaced it with a temple picture. When my little sister asked why he had taken it down, he said, Adopting her was supposed to be a happy thing that worked out, and right now it's not happy and not working out. All the meaning that came with that day is gone. After I heard that, it really broke me. It screams, all caps, you're the adopted one, despite them saying I am the same as the other kids and they love me just the same. I don't think they would ever take a family picture off the wall if any other kid brought up some concerns. I don't want to put my sister in the middle by bringing this up with my parents. They don't know she told me about it. It makes me want to distance myself from them if that is how they want to act. Ideal outcome? I am not sure. I've been told by some friends that I need to focus on creating a new family with my husband and not let them get to me too much. But I can't get over feeling like they really are slash were my family and they can just take my picture off so easily. Passive aggressive. These parents are being passive aggressive. There's obviously something going on in the dynamics that they are not happy with. And rather than be able to have a conversation about it, they just are basically giving you a cold shoulder, trying to teach you a lesson because they don't know how to articulate. Mm-hmm. And you know what I would do, um, when your mom said about you know the phone bill, I would say, mom, I'm coming by, I'll, I'll come get it. Love to see you, let's, let's have coffee. I would, I would handle it not by you know enabling this text communication. They are your family. They, they invited it, you requested it, they agreed to it, and they are obviously hurting. Now, I don't know if their religious beliefs are part of the, the, this behavior or not that with whoever your mate is or some of the decisions or choices you made, there might be a custom that's part of their, their religion that might, but without me knowing more, I, and it really doesn't matter if I know more, it really is the fact that you need to go to them and say, you know, you know, walk in the house and you'll say, why is my picture off the wall? Tell me what really is pissing you off so we can get through this. You are my family. You are here for me. I love you. I wouldn't have asked you to to legally go through that that protocol of adoption if I didn't want you to be my family. And I'm not coming to you to piss you off. I'm really trying to find out how we can bridge this issue and whatever our issue is. Yeah. And yeah. and see what happens with that. I mean. Anything else is just uh, enabling the the passive aggressive behavior. So don't you be passive aggressive. You head it straight on, but you can't go in there in anger. You must go in there with love. Yeah, and and teach them by by your by your lead. Let them learn. Like like I said, Morgan, I don't always agree. That doesn't mean 
that with a little love and understanding, we can't get through it. And we do, we typically do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you're there, they can't just say, oh, nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong. Well, no, anymore. they can say it. Well, but you can point to like direct evidence this right. time and say, well, what's up with that? Right, but you, but, but you have to do it in a way that is, you know, you, you are, you know, you, the, the tree branch is now going like this. Your, right. Your little sprouting little thing is now gone. You've, you've, you've got this other part of your branch as part of you. And, you know, you could say, look, we're still part of the same root system. Right. And I'm not walking away from this. I just want to be able to, you know, we're family. We need to work through whatever this thing is that's bugging you. Share with me so we can find the path. Maybe they feel like they're losing a sense of control. Maybe they're... They could be. I don't know what it is, but so, it, it definitely needs to be brought like into the spotlight and not just like dodged. Yeah, I can say, get out of the passive aggressive behavior with them and hit it straight on with them. And But don't yell, don't flare up. You're going to have to really have control on yourself because you know they're going to they're gonna aim for it. Mm-hmm. So all you can do is just say, you know, we, I agree to disagree, whatever it might be. I'm not giving you up and I'm just, I understand we have to, you know, I have to walk away right now so I don't piss you off anymore. But consider the fact that I simply love you and that we're about love. Right. Well, and really the wrongdoing is on their part because they're holding this adoption thing over their head. Like it's a, I mean, it's like a carrot on a stick saying, oh, follow us, do what we want. And when you don't, you're not going to get the carrot anymore. Like, that's bullshit. That's right. Because even with your own kids, they don't follow the carrot. (laughs) And then that's like, I don't know. There's a whole different conversation with that aspect of it where it's like, you know, if you're not going to truly be someone's parent and want to sign up for this, then don't fucking do it in the first place. Yeah. Let us know what happens. At least keep us in touch or you know, stay in touch. And I'm sure that once you get into the, the comment string of this story, there is going to be a lot, a lot of comments on this, I mm-hmm. would imagine. So and, and if you're listening and you have something to offer, please do, because I think it would be it would be the thing to do. Yeah. The, 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 the OP will really appreciate it. Our little army. You have it here. <laughs> Let's go. Next one. Number three. All right. How can I, 20 female, make my mom understand that even though she did her best raising me and my brother, the things she did still caused us trauma? My mom has some pretty bad anger issues. And when she gets angry, she hits things. Sometimes it's herself. Another time she broke the ice scraper by slamming it into the concrete. Because of this, I have severe anxiety about upsetting people in case they hurt themselves or break something. She also has a habit of being fairly dismissive of my emotional issues and ends up turning it into something about her. My middle brother, male 18, we'll call him Jared, has a bad relationship with food because we never got a lot of food as kids, so he'd steal to actually get enough food to feel full. And now he rarely eats due to getting in trouble for eating. Jared is also really detached from the family due to being the scapegoat and never really being treated well. Jared now lives in another state to get away from everything. I've tried to explain all this to my mom, but she claims that since she tried her best, we shouldn't be traumatized and she shouldn't have to help in the healing. Please help. So, yeah, your mom certainly had behaviors that programmed you. There's no doubt about it. And you have PS, uh, post-traumatic PTSD uh, regarding this that's affecting your life. You recognize all this. And obviously, since your mom was, was the problem, she certainly was not the solution. And going to her to go find her to take this responsibility, it's just not going to work. So it, it's clear to me the only way that you're going to find some assistance is, you know, in in resolution to this this nightmare that you're living is getting some you know professional assistance and it's out there you can find it the the biggest thing is to find the the right person that might be good at this specialty mm-hmm. and the way through it as far as your brother goes he's next once you find your own assistance you can say here's the number we both grew up in the same household i love you and i and I, and i'm so sorry that we everything in this household caused you 
you know, distress, this helped me and I hope it will help you and just hand them the number. And that's all you really can say. And, and hope that uh, he will find that assistant because you're all basically growing up. You know, if you're in the financial ability of, of doing this or not, there might be some things out there. I'm not, I'm not clever enough or, or informed enough what's available to you for sponsorships for some of this stuff or where you can get it. I'm sure the write-ins, I'm hoping some of our write-ins, um, and I'm actually requesting some of our write-ins would help send in um, some of your options that are out there to find this assistance. But you can't worry about getting you know, your mom to own up to it because she would have owned up to it by now and she is just not going to do it. So you're going to have to go find your own assistance. And I'm sorry to say that, but I, I do believe you'll find the answer for yourself and your life will get far better once you get through this obstacle because it is a giant obstacle. There's such a varying level of severity with all of these. And no matter where you are on that, I think one of the most frustrating things is not seeing like the justice for a, a wrongdoing or something bad that's happened, especially when it's someone close to you and especially when they, you know, don't understand the problem. And they're like, well, I did the best I could, so that's all I can do. And just some little more info. So I think the reason they're so motivated, yes, they can go get therapy for themselves, Mm -hmm. but their main concern right now is that their baby brother, who's 15, is still living with the mom. And Jared and I were able to protect him from the bulk of it when we lived there together but now neither of us lives there and we can't protect him anymore so i think their motivation is oh shit we got to get mom to realize this and face this because we don't want to see our baby brother end up you know in the same position well i'm going to say this um child protective services first thing in my in, in my mind i secondly would probably say that within that process you can certainly find a way to keep yourself involved with your baby brother. But if your mom's not going to get the assistance, you got to get that, you know, your, your, your baby brother out of there because you obviously love him. I will say one thing before we cap this, at least I'll, I'll cap it is that the longer you go without getting assistance for your, you know, for any, any, any of our viewers, if you have a psychological issue that's bothering you and it's, it's, it's almost like getting a splinter that you can't get out. The worse you you go without getting help to get that splinter out of your body, the worse it's going to get as you get older. That rubber band of whatever it is pulls tighter and tighter and tighter. So don't be afraid of getting assistance. Seek it. Go for it. And your life will be far better as, as you get older mm-hmm. because it will compound and compound and get more infected and more infected. Okay. I hear another mic in the room moving. You is do. this is this thing on? It's on. You can we hear, hear me? We hear you. Okay. For those out there that are looking for a good therapist and things like that, um, you want to find out if they take your insurance, all the above. There's two resources you can use. One is ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C.com. Uh, there is a two hot takes code. It's just ZocDoc.com slash THT. But the one that I've used personally for psychiatric psychology help is on psychologytoday.com. And you can go on their website, put where you live, put what type of insurance you have, put what type of therapist you're looking for, and it'll give you a bunch of options. It is the best, easiest way to find a mental health provider. And for this person, I think um, someone who's informed in like trauma informed care would be amazing. So that is also a box you can check on there. But Psychology Today and ZocDoc are amazing resources. I have a question. Yeah. What happens if they don't have insurance? You know, insurance is is definitely the biggest battle in American healthcare. Not having insurance can be really difficult, but a lot of providers will have payment plans. There's cash discounts that make therapy even cheaper if you pay out of pocket than it would be to have insurance. Um, and there are online therapy services that we've talked about on this show. I know there's there's some debate about them, you know, and them not working for some people and working for others very well. But I will say my experience with Cerebral was great. I used it for 
a little over five months and my providers were always really responsive and did a great job making sure my, my therapy goals were met. So you have to take everything with a grain of salt. Like you're not, you're not going to have a perfect experience on your first bat out, or maybe you do have a perfect experience on your first try out of the gate. So therapy is, is really about, you know, trying it. And, you know, if your first therapist isn't great, no hard feelings, firing them, seriously, fire them and find a new one that works for you. And again, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to our readers or our listeners Please, if you have another way that help people if they don't have insurance and they're trying to figure out a different method uh, due to money, uh, help us uh, by bringing that forward so th- these people can actually give them some options because we don't want anyone to have to go through life suffering like this. It, it's horrible. Well, on on this, on still on this story, just at the age of twenty, like this shouldn't be your responsibility, but the fact that your mom is rather incapable and you're seeing that there could be this problem for your baby brother. I think it kind of is turning in your responsibility a little bit to see what you can do for him. Right. You don't want to abandon your baby brother of this issue. So, of course. So, you know, take all this, put it all in your hopper and enact and let us know what you did in the write-in in the comment line. If you hear this, because I think everybody wants to make sure we, we, we all become part of it when we when we hear it. We all our feelings are exposed to you, and we're we're, we're trying to be with you on this. Yeah. Next one, if you have one for me. Oh yeah, okay. another long read. Okay, for the boa. Good. What number is this? Four. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Oh, if you don't, if if you're not watching the YouTube, uh, I am giving signals of the number four, and I'm making a stupid gesture just because I'm having fun with with Justin. I would call it a dance. Yeah, the the dance because Justin, you know, sometimes calls me on my uh, my la- my different language choices when I read the number <laughs> in a different language. So this was my way of kind of screwing with them a little bit. Yeah, it's more like stopping a trend before it becomes a trend. You know, it's just not. It's a trend. No. <laughs> All right, here we go. What do I do with the fact that my family doesn't talk with me or even pretend to care about the things I'm saying? I'll start by saying I have extreme ADHD and sometimes I get hyperfixations that are a bit weird. Not many people in my family also enjoy these things. Harry Potter, books, D&D, history, etc., But recently it's gotten to the point where they don't even try and hide how they feel about what I say. One time, my dad's girlfriend asked me to help her with some trivia questions, and I helped but got one question about Victorian makeup, which sparked my interest, and I told her how foundation used to be made. My dad then clapped and said, leave it to Teddy to tell us all the most useless facts about something no one cares about. Worst part, everyone else there dad's girlfriend, my mom, brother, brother's girlfriend, all just started laughing at me and agreeing. So I just stopped talking, which seemed to get them to ignore making fun of me. Also recently, I was talking about an artist I liked with my mom and halfway through my sentence, she looked at me while laughing and just said, why do you care so much about something so dumb? My brother always says, He hates it when I speak and I'm so annoying that I should cut my tongue out so he won't have to hear another fact about a movie he's never seen. And a new habit has arisen from them where I'll be having a completely normal conversation with a family member, most times not even about my interests, and when I look up at them to ask a question or something, they've just left. Sometimes just walking away to a different area or just straight up walking out of the house or the store we're in. I've asked why they keep doing this, and they always say they didn't realize I was talking to them, which makes no sense because they were responding to to me moments before. I brought up how it made me feel once, and then it became a complete pity party because I was getting upset with them for not being able to hear me, and I got grounded for disrespecting them. At this point, I barely speak when we're together, and when I do, I just get put down. Even today, I said that if my mom and brother could go the whole outing without making me the butt of the joke or doing something to hurt me, I'd pay for their lunch. But if they couldn't, they both owed me $10. I won $20 within the first five minutes of us seeing each other, but they didn't want to give it to me because the deal was unfair and I was doing stuff on purpose to make them make fun of me. 
It's just annoying seeing how little they care because they also use me as their therapist. And if I'm not interested in something they say, I have to pay attention. If I stare off into space while they're talking to me, I literally get in trouble and, and get called disrespectful. I would love your advice on what to do, especially since communicating doesn't seem to be a very good option here. Thank you for reading my rambling. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day. I really thank you for this write-in. I know it takes a lot to do this. Did this person say how old they are? So they are 18, dad is 52, mom is 49, and brother's 22. Uh, the family has a history of abusing me. All of them have at one time confessed to me that they wish I was never born. Even when it's not my interest, they always find a way to make me the butt of the joke. You know, this is abuse in in the truest form. And it in, unfortunately, it adds a lot more difficulty in your own sense of of purpose. Yeah. And they're doing everything they can for whatever their moronic uh, insecurities are to bring it down on you. Whatever the reason, whatever the excuse this behavior began or, or, or continues, it's all negative and it's really, really, really sick. And as you were reading this to me, I was getting angry and angrier mm -hmm. and angrier inside because I've seen this before. You know, I mean, we, we laugh, we, we saw this, you know, behavior highlighted in a movie, you know, it was called Home Alone. And this was the kid that took the abuse from everybody. Yep. And, you know, the fact that you are obviously able to write about it, you're brilliant enough to understand there's an issue here. Um, how do you get out of it? I guess at this point, you're 18, you just have to really, if someone doesn't appreciate you. Why do you want to be around them? Obviously, if you articulate anything to them, they're going to tune you out. I think you have to really write them something and say, you know something, guys? I think it's time that I leave this household. And you can't play uh, chicken with this thing. you got to be prepared to go yeah. somewhere on your own. I think it's important because of the, uh, the re the, this constant reinforcement on that behavior, your pattern you know the, the 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 map in your brain has mapped yourself to accept this shit in some way or shape or form so you might find yourself around people that are allowed to continue to do this you i strongly suggest this has really been a show of suggestion to get uh personal assistance to get 100%. counseling yes and again you know the prescription written by this non-doctor because i'm not a doctor i'm just a dad not a dr is Definitely go seek some assistance to help reinforce your own confidence back to reinforce you as, you know, that when you talk, you have relevance because they're really saying you have no relevance and fuck them. What gives them the right to tell you if you have relevance or not? Because the fact that they were your family, they have failed hugely. These people have few have failed to be in a human being. And if I, if I sound a little harsh, trust me, what's going on inside me is a lot, lot more. Uh, I have, I have, I have nuclear, nuclear missiles inside that want to shoot these people. <laughs> the only one that's going to protect you, my friend is you. So I really do want to see you, you know, put your boots on, buckle that belt and then and march on out there and find some, some psychological assistance morgan earlier did list a few places that you can go and find this assistance i would definitely look at the write-ins from the previous story to see if people gave you some other suggestions on how to afford it because obviously if you're 18 i don't know if you have a job that you want to pour everything into this but you this before you buy a car before you buy another game to go play before you do anything this is the most important thing, the most relevant thing that you need to do for yourself to put you on a path to get you through the rest of your life. This is the beginning. Yeah. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And I want you to go get yourself on the right path and don't let these people control your mind any longer. Do it in a positive way, not in a way of anger, not of a way I'm going to get even with you guys. Do it because you have the 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 mature 
fortitude, if it's the right word, maybe it's the wrong word, we may have to go cut that out, but the maturity to to get some self-assistance, to take control of your life, take control of your direction, take control of who you are, yeah. and now go on the rest of your life being the person that you really want to be. And don't let them make that, that person someone that they destroyed his spirit to go do. So that's all I have to say, Justin, if you want to. Well, just even from the way it's written, you can tell this person like just is so caring and has a big heart because their, their way of trying to get these people to realize is to say, Hey, you know, if we go out to, for the day and you guys don't say anything, I'll buy lunch. Like they're not going back and fighting and like, you know, they're not treating them with their own medicine. It's just, it's really sad. It just seems like it's been a runaway kind of snowball effect where this person's now the punching bag. I think, yeah, number one, if you have the means and the ability to, then removing yourself from this environment will be the healthiest thing you can ever do. This Because then you'll be able to actually live your life and be yourself. Right. This is a systemic issue. This happened in one of your parents or both of your parents' upbringing. They were abused. Mm -hmm. This was something that went on in their life. They carried on saying, this made me stronger. This did this, 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 this. whatever their bullshit is in their own mind. This is a, 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 a pattern that they inherited. They brought to their own family and to their own nest and they are doing it. It is wrong. And unfortunately, you're the one that's paying for it. And I am so sorry for that, but let, you on your own has got to break this habit. Yeah. And let's go forward. Yeah. Just such a toxic, terrible environment. I, did, I don't even know how people end up like this. I've seen it. I've seen this shit. And it's, it, it's amazing the dysfunction that our, that our parents bring into our own families, that it goes mm -hmm. one way or the other way. When you grow up with it, you, you you get such a resiliency that you won't allow it in your home when it's your home that it's broken or you carry that pattern and it just keeps going down from generation to generation. It's worse than pa passing the crown. I mean, it's just. Well, and that is true. That's, that's another thing is, you know, once you are able to get out of this situation and find the help to kind of, re-become i mean it doesn't feel like you've lost sense of yourself though which i think is really admirable mm -hmm. you've you really are still yourself you still talk about the things you love you haven't given up the things you love right which a lot of people do in these environments and so i think when you're able to do that so freely and you can you know get to a place where you're in a healthy living right. situation then i think the 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 next step of that is in the future, you know, if you have kids or just anyone in your life, you can be the person to make sure this doesn't happen to someone else. You're not the unhealthy one. They are unhealthy. Right. But but they're they're throwing it on you and they're causing you this dysfunction. So that you that's why we're only saying go get some assistance. Yeah. Is because of the pattern that and how it's affected you. You you just need to come to in, in, in a in, in a, a level, you need to be able to find that security so you don't keep putting yourself in the situation to repeat it, to go find love. Definitely. And that's why you just need to get your, make sure you're totally healthy within what you feel is correct and you'll be fine. But that way you can take on these bastards and in, in a way that's going to be responsible and not, not a fist fight, not a verbal fight, you're going to outwit the fuck out of them. So that's what I say. Yeah, because when you get to the point where people are telling you they wish you were never born, I don't know. I don't. How can can you say anything worse? I don't think so. Like wishing that you literally just never existed. Is there anything worse you can say to someone? No, but and and then you can go back and say consider the source. But when you're considering the source who's saying it, and you go, those are my parents. That's pretty fucking impactive. That's that's part of the subconscious programming that I'm talking about. You just gotta get out of there. So. Okay. Let us know and write in writers. Do your thing. If you have something that that that's positive, positive things on how to move forward, I think that would be fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Let's go forward. Number five. I'm surprised Holly's still here. Holly loves us. This is rare. She hasn't had. She hasn't read anything yet, though. 
We That's did bring, true. We did bring her on to be a reader. <laughs> this doesn't happen, though. I, even the day you wore socks, she didn't stick around. Hmm. And now she's here. There she is. Okay. It's because it's early morning. Probably. All right. And I believe this will be our last one. Okay. Me, 24 female, and my dad, 62 male, are having a really hard time. I'll try to keep this short, but we'll see how it goes. Okay. My parents separated when I was around three years old, and I stayed with my mom. I had a very unstable upbringing. I've had four stepdads. One of them was abusive towards me and my mom, and one of them was schizophrenic. So I have a deep trauma and a plethora of mental issues that I've been working on for years. My dad has always been in my life. We've never really had a deep relationship, but he always supported us financially. He took me and my stepbrothers on vacation, etc. But I've always felt that I don't really know him and he doesn't know me. Whenever we see or talk to each other on the phone, we only talk about work and other small talk. All I've ever wanted was for him to be proud of me my career, and overall success in life. To the current issue, I have a lot of tattoos. My left arm has a full sleeve, and I have other pictures here and there. I've always hidden them from my dad, since I know he absolutely hates tattoos. For example, if there's women on TV who even have a few tattoos, he always comments on them negatively. A month ago, me, him, my son, and stepmother were in my dad's cabin for a weekend. The weather was super hot, and I just couldn't have a long sleeve shirt on. I thought, fuck it, he'll have to see my tattoos eventually. Everything was fine, but today my dad called my mom. He said that he has had several sleepless nights after that weekend because of my tattoos. He said how desperate it is having to be different from everyone else by having tattoos, how ugly they are, how I've ruined myself, and how he's glad his mother isn't alive to see this. My mom instantly called me and I was, and still am, devastated. I thought everything was good since he hadn't said anything to me, and we've seen and talked several times after that trip. I'm absolutely shattered. He was talking about disowning me and how I'm ashamed to their bloodline. I'm his only child. I'm at a loss. I've worked so hard for my and my dad's relationship to get better for the last year, and I feel all that work has gone to waste. I feel very conflicted. My inner child, the nine-year-old me, just wants dad to be proud of me and love me unconditionally. The confident adult in me is saying how I don't deserve to be talked about like that, and I deserve an apology. But right now, I just want to bury myself underground and never be in contact with him again. What should I do? Do I just cut contact for now? Do I confront him about this? He doesn't know that I know. Or do I act like nothing happened? I believe every parent should love their children unconditionally, and it's so ridiculous that an adult man acts like this over some ink. But since I finally found my self-confidence after years of work, I don't want to risk destroying it by listening to him. I'm nodding because I'm 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 processing yeah. the reality that I I I as you were telling the story, the first thing that was ringing in my head, and my first instincts as we were going, is you you have to be have the trick here is to get your father not to see your body, but to see who, see your soul and to see who you are and be blind to everything else. At the end of the day, there are th things that will happen within your bonding that he will find that there, whatever his programming is. Look, I got to be honest with you guys. There is, I'm, I'm not a fan of tattoos. I, I, I look at them and I think there are, they, some people have amazing art on their body. And as you see, I do not have any art on my body. It was a religious thing that we, uh, as everyone knows of my religion, and we all know what happened in World War II. They used to literally, uh, and back in the day of the Pharaoh, they would tattoo my people mm -hmm. with numbers right. for your, to who you are. And you were not a person, you were a number. So with that word, it wasn't body art. <laughs> it was ownership. That's right, yep. And- it made you a thing. It didn't make you a person. So because you were an item or a thing, we as a people choose not to to allow tattoo. Yeah. Um, that doesn't stop people in Israel. People in Israel today, a new generation, they get their art. But all that beyond, once you know somebody and 
taking time to to share with your father, the more moments you share with him, the more this will become blind to him. And you can, you know, you can walk in and say, this is the elephant in the room. I recognize the uncomfort that it brings you. I certainly didn't, you know, do this to make my father uncomfortable. I had no idea it would make you uncomfortable. And it's something that I did do. And I, it, it is who part of who I am today. And I hope that you can look beyond it because I didn't do it to piss you off. I didn't even know you would have an issue with it. Yeah. But this is who I am. And I would like to, I know it's hard for you. I know it's hard for you. And in respect of you, I, I you know, I, I just hope that you will find the ability of knowing who I am. I'm not going to try to push things in your face because until you can recognize me without dealing with that, with whatever is in your, from your, from your past, from what was in your upbringing, what was in part of your core nature. Yeah. Maybe that can, can work its way out and not look at that when you look at me. That's where I, I would hope we can get to. Because this, yeah. is, this is my body now. Right. And if I was born without an arm, would you have loved me any less? If I was born without a foot, would you have loved me any less? If I was born with, with 14 legs like an octopus, would well, you? Well, he'd say, you know, you wouldn't have chosen. Well, at that time, I didn't, for whatever reason, it happened. This is where it is. And I'm, and like I'm going to say in the beginning, I did not do it to hurt you. Yeah. This was not about rebellion. And I'm just hoping that we can go fishing, you and I, and have a great time and make a positive out of this conversation rather than to continue in this negativity. Yeah. I love you. You're my father. I, I, I had, all kinds of shit that has gone in my life with between the divorce with mom and all this other input and all the crap that happened to me through all this shit and what I've had to you know, pull together. Cut me some slack. Yeah. And maybe he'll have the, 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 the fortitude and the ability of, of doing that. I hope so. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I, I grew up with kind of the generations above us having this super negative look on tattoos. Mm -hmm. And it's so like, oh, like grandma would just faint if you had tattoos <laughs> or, you know, I like my friend, um, one of my roommates, Jake, he ended up getting a full sleeve, has always loved tattoos. He even did a couple of like some on himself. Um, and I always remember, you know, I promised my mom I wouldn't do my hands or my neck. It wouldn't go above my neck. It wouldn't go past my wrist. And, you know, I understand there's this stigma with tattoos, with jobs, and when you're applying for jobs and things. But the more, honestly, I think with starting with my generation, I've seen so many tattoos. And now you go to super nice restaurants and the like the waiter will come up super nice dressed and then just have a full sleeve. And I think it's really cool. It is cool. Because I think it can be really... Um, you know, it's a, it's a self-expression and you can learn a lot by someone to see what kind of tattoos they get. And I think, you know, most of the people that come through the studio, I would say more often than not have tattoos and they're all different styles. I, Some people do little ones. I'm with you. And so I think, you know, this girl's badass, full sleeve. I love it. But there is this interesting dynamic between what feels like my generation and the generations above that don't understand tattoos. Not, I, I understand the religious aspects, right? That, and, and that I'm makes okay. sense. And by the way, I'm totally okay with tattoos. Don't get me wrong. No, I understand. It but would, you didn't personally want a tattoo be, for that for, for that, that reason. reason. I was always, you know, said, you know, was educated by that, and it became part of my core. That's right. And so th this might be going on with her dad. It might be part of his core that you can't. That, that and that's the issue. So she's got to get beyond that core part. By letting him see her yeah. and not the tattoos. I, I was going to tell you a really- Exactly. I was going to tell you a quick story. Um, Morgan was living in Minnesota, you know, in, in college. And she would be meeting all these different friends that went into the Marines. So when these guys would come from Minnesota to come to, would go down to Pendleton, they would be in the Marines after eight weeks or, you know, whatever their training was or basic. Basic is over. The first thing they do is they get leave. And they pop up here and Morgan was always the first to offer her dad's house to come to come hang out. You know, eight weeks, a new 
you know, a new crew would come up and there'd be five guys that would come knocking on my door. And and Morgan would call me. She said, oh, my friends are coming up and they want to hang out in Hollywood. And I said, all right, you know, we'll, I'll make the you know, guest room available for them. <laughs> and they would show up at the door and they were all just, you know, the, these, uh, these guys were just, you know, let out of the cage, basically, because they were, you know, under you know, direct orders for, you know, for this period, you know, doing whatever they have to do for basic Marine training, which I'm sure is not a fun, easy thing. And they would show up and I would say, all right, guys, that way is Hollywood Boulevard. You know, go check out Hollywood. Yeah. And I'd, you know, take my finger and I'd point right up, you know, Highland and boom, they would, they would take off, you know, marching, you know, their, their 17 clicks or whatever the hell yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. And that would be about eight o'clock in the evening and about four in the morning in would trace these guys. And yes, they were all drunk. They were all fucked up, but you know, they come in and the next morning I'd walk into the room to see what was, was there. And I would see nothing but the cellophane still on their bodies. Yeah. And I mean, these guys would put themselves through torture to go do their tattoos yeah. and to see and I used to just enjoy watching what was coming through. Yeah. But it was part of their, who they were as Marines. They, they felt that this is significant to them. They made it through basic. This is their reward. This is what they're going to do. Yeah. There is a culture to it. So there was no, but that was their, that's their culture. That was what was in their DNA. Right. And her father had a different DNA is where yeah. I was going with this. Well, I think if you take the, I don't know if it's culture, but if you take the religious aspect out of it, mm -hmm. there's definitely a disconnect on tattoos between people my age and people like my parents' age. You know why? Why? Well, years ago, when back in when I was a kid, if you had a tattoo, you were a, you were either a biker, you were a badass, you were you were anything but someone that was appropriately through society. You were a druggie. You were so it was this. like a rebellious type it, of It was symbol. the badass, yeah. It was the badass okay. thing. And um, I mean, you still see that in movies and TV shows. Is oh, yeah. You'll, the tattoos will definitely send that. Where, 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 do you think that. where do you think all these writers are getting that shit? This, it, it's part of our, our right. culture and our history. You were a badass. And, you know, she did, she did it because whatever that body art meant to her, and I think that if you have the basic conversation that you didn't do this to be rebellious to him, yeah. you didn't do it to, to, to have anything to do with him, that you just want him to get to know you and maybe you'll become blind to this, I hope. I know you'll always have to see it, but that's me and I love you and know my soul because one day my body will be gone and that my spirit will be here. I mean, yeah, he has a chance. There's a there's a slim chance, but with how dramatic this reaction is, I think we'll get through it. I think you can get through it. Well, and their ideal outcome, either to be fatherless, if he absolutely doesn't budge on his opinion, or learn empathy and emotional skills, or that this never happened and things were the way they were. So it's I just I think you'll get through this. You I think do. it's do you think it's just the shock right now Definitely. on his end? Definitely, he he's he just. But you got to be upfront with him, and 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 you cannot turn this into a pissing match. You turn it into a pissing match, and that this is about you having self control in the conversation. He's lost his shit already. We already know that. Yeah, we already know this is like poking the bear. And true. And I think that you just have to kind of disarm it the best you can, and you're gonna have to be smart in the way you do this. I mean, it's. You're going to have to have self-control. You're going to have to have a uh, set your rules up in your own mind, no matter how um, angry he gets, because he does have anger in him. Yep. That you, it's up to you to allow this anger to this pus. Think of the anger as pus. It's an infection. I don't like pus. Well, no one I likes don't pus. Like that word. It's a Ugh. bad word, yucky word. But allow it. <laughs> allow. Think that. Think of it that you're going in with a surgical scalpel. You're doing a. A slight incision, and what do they call it when you uh, when you bleed a uh, a hematoma or something? They uh, kind of had the word two seconds ago. You're on your own on this one. All right, but basically, surgically remove the the infection, and you're going to allow it to heal. And that's the metaphor. Allow this to heal. It's going to be sore. It's going to be painful, but allow it to heal. Yeah, give it time. Well, and like you, you do love me. This is me. This is me. 
What makes you think I love you? The tattoos are me. (laughs) So then maybe if he can not separate them so heavily and yeah, I mean, uh, the last little thing I'll say is it's kind of like the dad who never wants the dog. You see this on TikTok Mm -hmm. a lot. Don't want a dog. Don't bring a dog to this house. I'm not going to live with the dog. That was the way it was here. And then they become like the dog's best friend. They love the dog almost more than everybody else does. That's it. So, you know, time. This one is definitely a time one. What makes you think I love you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I don't like guys with beards. <laughs> I don't like son in laws with beards or I really wouldn't call this a beard. <laughs> I don't know. Beards, like when I think of a beard, it's like, you know, at least down to your chest. Guys, I'm just fucking with them. That's all. Well, that wraps up this show and I look forward to our next one. We by the way, there is a Patreon coming on right after this. So please tune in and see what the Patreon is for this week. Holly says, um, thanks for hanging out with us. I know and she stuck it out the whole time. She did. She didn't move. There she goes. Here comes the stretch. <laughs> Catch Holly's stretch. And um, again, I hope that we uh, helped you at least process some of this stuff. And I hope that my dad advice um, will hold true to your parents and, and will help you get through your life. So yeah. that, that's it. We'll see you uh, next week and we'll see you very shortly on Patreon. Yes. Night.